0: How's it going, everyone? Ken Furman here alongside Jake Basile with a WSB Sports Section Extra. Obviously, not doing it during the show, doing a bit outside of it, just to kind of get everyone hyped and excited for what's going to be a pretty fun weekend of hockey, Jake, featuring the Stony Brook ice hockey team against a pretty credible threat in number four ranked Liberty.
1: Yeah, it's a rivalry that goes back several years. Liberty may not be in our division anymore, but, you know, Stony Brook travels to Virginia twice a year, uh, for two games this year. Liberty's going to do the same here this weekend and in Bog. So they want to keep the rivalry going. They're teams that are very familiar with each other. Liberty sort of ended the Stony Brook reign of terror over the ESCHL for a few years, established their own string of championships, and now both teams – have dominated the division. Now they're sort of arrivals that are chasing their first divisional title. The Liberty team, as good as they are, they've never won the divisional championship, excuse me, the, the national championship. And now uh, Stony Brook doing the same thing, chasing their first national title as well.
0: And these are two national powerhouses in the ACHA. Liberty, number four ranked in top of their uh, division. Stony Brook, obviously 11th ranked as of today. And they are at, at the top as well following their victories against Delaware. We'll get into that. But just talk about that, two teams playing their best hockey entering this weekend.
1: Yeah, Liberty, Liberty is going to be a little bit different than Stony Brook. Liberty is going to have their last games being played prior to the uh, the winter break. They're, um, they were scheduled to play Drexel last weekend. Those games got postponed due to COVID. And so Stony Brook is going to be the first task for Liberty after a very long layoff. So Stony Brook coming off four extremely challenging games. They, and all four wins, but you know, two games against toughest division rival in Delaware, and then two games against a tough national rival in Ohio, winning back-to-back games in Ohio, which is wonderfully done. Not something that even Liberty didn't do. So Liberty is going to probably have to shake the rust off against one of the best teams in the country. It would have been a great, you know, I don't want to insult Drexel here, but a great setup game for a huge match against Stony Brook for Liberty to get their feet wet again with, you know, ACHA hockey taking on Drexel. But now they have to jump right into Stony Brook. So I, I'm wondering if there's going to be an adjustment period for Liberty. And it's going to be huge for Stony Brook to have to take advantage of that. This is, might be a, a very rusty Liberty team. And Stony Brook's coming off four wins. That should make them feel very confident. The last time in Liberty, the games didn't go too kindly for them. They lost both of them the first one. They were outmatched. The second one, they had a 3-1 lead, ended up blowing it and losing in a shootout. So they can no doubt hang with Liberty. I mean, both games were decided by a goal or two. So this is not teams that are too far apart. You know, there are certain things that Liberty does extremely well and they're certainly the more physical team, but Stony Brook will have no problem skating with them and Stony Brook will have no problem, you know, matching up against them skill wise. So I'm looking forward to this. They There's no love lost between these teams, which is very exciting to see that they're still willing to, to keep the rivalry going. I mean, this was the, the, the must-see games of the ESCHL for several years, and uh, it's good to see that the, they haven't forgotten that. And I'm hoping we get great attendance this weekend because it will be rivalry week again.
0: For sure. It's must-see and must-listen to, obviously, on WSB 90.1 FM. And for the Stony Brook hockey team, they had 12 wins in 2021, first half of this season for Christmas break. None of them coming against Liberty, obviously. They only had four losses in re- regulation, two of them to Liberty. It was Liberty taking that series back in November 5th, November 6th, 3 1 and 4 3 in a shootout. What do you notice know about Stony Brook now compared to when they were playing at Liberty, when they were on a pretty good hot streak as well? 6 1, a 7 1 at the time.
1: Yeah, Liberty really kind of diced the Stony Brook Hot Street because they were coming off some pretty sensational win- wins. And the one that I most remember was I-, I was cooped up in COVID protocol, but I was watching the games from quarantine. They swept Liberty, uh, excuse me, Adrian in Adrian. And that was incredible. And that was when I started to realize like, hey, this team can take on anyone. Liberty kind of felt like a um, little bit of a knock back, you know, you know, back to the ground. We were riding high. And so I thought that was very good for the team going into the holiday break. They did lose three straight, which was very uncharacteristic, including a, uh, a loss that, you know, was, you know, flat out embarrassing in a word to Drexel, a team that's not even nationally ranked. And, and then the back-to-back losses in Delaware. So definitely a retool, a chance over the winter break for Stony Brook to get those bitter tastes out of their mouths and come back stronger And it's been really off the back of four key additions in the winter uh, offseason, if you will. It's Matt Minerva, Michael Conlon, who played here as a freshman and now is now returning, Brandon Abazov, and Sean Rainville. And all of those guys have found the score sheet within their first handful of games here. And it has been so refreshing to see. Stony Brook's a team that excels in a lot of categories. They have fantastic puck-moving defensemen. They have fantastic high-end skill. I mean, we know the names. Chucky Peck, Joseph Slevin, Brendan Pepe, all those guys. But the one thing they haven't always had is size and grit. And these guys are adding that. Matt Minerva was the guy I noticed in the very first game. Like This guy could be a game-changer here. He's got four goals, three assists in his first four games for the Steelers. Brandon Avazov took a game to adjust. That's all he needed. In the last game against Ohio, he had another pair of points, including the shootout winner and the game time goal with 30 seconds left. Sean Rainville in his very first game here. He's been a horse on the PK alongside Michael Conlon. And Sean Rainville scores a shorthanded beauty in his first game here. Michael Conlon found the back of the net, I believe, three times over the weekend in Ohio. So they have really changed the the – and the pacing of the Stony Brook team, they're able to go f- about four lines for the first time in a long time. Stony Brook had pretty much the same lines for four games in a row. There's so much parity. Yeah. Each line knows the role they're going to play. The defensive lines haven't changed too much, but it all feels like everything is clicking so much more because of these four guys. The lines are incredibly balanced and for, in my, from my perspective, they have essentially two first lines going right now, with Slevin playing alongside, usually now it's Pomiak and Avazov, and now Peck alongside uh, Minerva on that top line. It's just been a pleasure to watch, and, and that's not even uh, considering Gideon Cooper, who will be coming back to the Seawolf shortly as well.
0: Yeah, and this is a Stony Brook team that had no lack of offense prior to the Christmas break. Obviously, games against Syracuse alone kind of show you that, where they're averaging over eight goals a game against the Orange. But that series against Liberty, I really showcased where the Seals needed to improve, as you uh, just expertly mentioned. And, you know, that grit, for example, it wasn't able to match up to what Liberty was producing. Obviously, the offense wasn't there. That first game, they lost three to one, which is the lowest they've been held in in goals scored in a game this season. And even the game which they ended up losing in the shootout, you know, the offense wasn't there when there were opportunities. But with these additions, obviously, you feel real confident that they've been able to find that uh, offense addition to the offense as well as that grit.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was certainly a shakiness, I think, amongst everybody uh, after the, the losses in Delaware It definitely felt like. You know, a little bit of steam had run out of the engine for Stony Brook. I mean, for so long they wrote a, I believe, a seven-game win streak. The two games in Adrian were, uh, you know, nationally stunning. I mean, people were talking about those two wins. I mean, the Adrian are last year's national champions. So those there was there was a big big high and then a big big low for Stony Brook, and to see them bounce back so swiftly and to use that winter break as an opportunity to retool and refocus, it's super refreshing. And the game, the last game against Ohio really just shows me, you know, what this Stony Brook team is made of. They didn't show that kind of desperation against Liberty. And Liberty they had a lot of of, of difficulty creating a ton. They weren't willing to chase down pucks. They weren't generating enough through the neutral zone, which is key for them. The way they break out and the way the defense can activate the forwards by hitting them in motion from the D zone is huge. I didn't see that a ton in Liberty, but now through the, through the neutral zone, it's big bodies like Minerva, you know, carrying forward the rush and it's speedy guys like Peck. And there's a, there's a really nice balance. And Michael Collins, another guy that has added a lot, of balance to, to the Seawolves team. He's a fantastic 200-foot center. He's only 5'9", and I've seen him hip-check guys in almost every single game, and he topples these guys over. It's those kind of guys. He's like an energizer bunny. He never stops going. He plays penalty kill and power play. He's in front of the net on the power play, which is just great for I mean, a five nine guy is not usually playing that net front roll. He had a deflection goal against Ohio. So it's really an exciting time, and these could be pieces that you know, can push Stony Brook, hopefully to another divisional title. I would like to see, I would like to, I believe that that's where the bar is set this season. I mean, you look at Stony Brook in this division, their toughest competition is Delaware and Delaware is a great team and they're a big, big team. We got to see those guys live uh, last weekend. And that was a pleasure. Th- those were two hard hitting teams. And, and, you know, it was really the Matt Minerva show over the weekend. He was fantastic, but, it, it, so I believe that the bar is set at the divisional ESCHL championship, and I would love to see the Stony Brook Seawolves put together a, a nice national run. Maybe not win it this year, but you know, assistant GM Peter Luffer, I, I speak to him all the time, and he says the the goal now is, is to win a national championship. That is what they're hunting every season.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and honestly to us here at WSB you know we definitely see that too watching these guys play a lot of heart left on the ice and these guys again so passionate to play so intense the past couple of weeks they've been getting gritty getting <laughs> a bit competitive against some of their opponents as well not afraid to let it loose even if you know it may come at a loss like we saw in the prior game with Philip Pontiac you know uh getting ejected uh for f- almost fighting with uh, an opposing player
1: yeah I love to see it I you know it, it's uh it's not, you know, it's not a great time to have uh, to lose Philip Palmiak. He's a fantastic player, but everybody's bought in. Everybody's willing to defend each other. Palmiak's another guy who's not the biggest guy, but he is willing to mix it up. He's always in front of the neck. He's always laying hits, uh, helping create space for. You know, line mates like Slevin, Peck, uh, and now I believe I believe Minerva. So it's a it's it's a great thing to see. And D. Stefano is another guy that likes to mix it up. Fess is another smaller guy, but is always seems to be around, drawing penalties, getting into it, getting under guys' skin. So there's a lot of physical engagement as well. It's not just the high flying Stony Brook offense that we're so used to seeing. They're they're willing to to, you know, as Butch Goring the Islanders but color commentator says go to the dirty areas yeah. there. They're fighting <laughs> for the goals more than they used to. And yeah. so it's, um, it's good to see. And that grit is getting there. And yeah, and you... grit's something that can separate teams in the ACHA. Cause this is, you know, this is uh this is club hockey. It is, it is, you know, you go, you, know, you can't always tell by watching, but that, that level of grit is, is going to be a huge asset to Stony Brook going forward. Cause now they can match teams.
0: Absolutely. And just again, the strategies have been really working too, because as you said, that grit, they're not afraid to get dirty. You see them, you know, roll out different formation sets, really something I noticed seeing that one, two, two, you know, go across the ice, you know, maybe they'll press opponents up against the boards, especially over the past couple weeks as well. They found a lot of success, forcing turnovers on the boards and converting it across the ice into scores.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I love the way they're able to generate offense off the wings now. And they have wingers like Chucky Peck and and Minerva, and they're willing to cut across the ice, draw defenders to them, open up space for for their other players. I I remember the goal that um, Matt Minerva scored on Sunday, his, his, I believe, um, his second of the game. He he drove to the middle, was surrounded by two Delaware defenders, managed to find a little lane for uh, Slevin, Slevin missed the shot, but a nice caram in front, you know, was on a platter for Matt Minerva. And so it's definitely something I'm noticing with the, with, like you said, that, that kind of the way they're setting up through the neutral zone. And so much offense is created through the neutral zone. And, you know, a proper zone entry can, you know, make all the difference. And that's something they didn't always have against in those Delaware games and in those Liberty games where they're just, it feels like they're just not clicking. And it can, and it's sometimes can be seen as like maybe they're not engaged. But I just think that sometimes you know uh, uh, the opponents are able to impose their will and, and kind of force you to play their game. And when an, an opponent can outsize you, it can be much more difficult to be comfortable flying through that neutral zone, breaking into the zone, and and you know Stony Brook. You know, for for how good they are, they they're not a big dump and chase team. It's just not their strategy all the time. They like to create offense with the puck on their stick, not chasing it down. And you know, there there are teams that do that in the NHL, and there are teams that prefer the dump and chase method. So I think that the this new this new these new guys they allow for much more options in terms of offense generation. I, I think Avi'sov brings a great skill set with his hands. Minerva brings a great skill set with his, you know, physicality. I think Rainville is a guy who's got a great head on his shoulders, great vision, great mind for the game. And Conlin is just there's no off button for that guy. So yeah, he's and then you're man. adding it to the guys like you know Mancini racked up I think 13 assists this season Malfetto's got five goals eight assists Di Stefano has got seven goals as a defenseman Pepe we've seen what he's got. he's got nine or ten power play goals this season Ew. so I add into an arsenal like that that's already stacked generating offense from the blue line to guys like Chucky Peck who's got over 30 points the guys like Slevin who's got around 25 points so there, there's tons that was already there and now there's there's even more and there's so many more options and it gives each line a certain amount of of threat to it. And a line like uh, Rainville, Lawson, and Edwards, essentially the Stony Brook third line, they can be a very threatening offensive line. I've loved the way Jesse Edwards has played since coming off the break. He's a younger guy. And I'm certainly a guy that wondered if he'd, you know – stick around the lineup 100% of the time with these four new guys coming in. It's not always the freshmen that get the priority, but Jesse Edwards is a guy that's taken full advantage of the situation and and found a really nice comfortable spot as that third-line center. And a fourth line of, of Galinsky, Dempsey, and Zorilli has been huge as a shutdown line for them. So like I said, the parity and the role-playing amongst the lines is a crucial piece for, for what they have going. And they're able to roll four lines successfully and there's not much of a difference in terms of effectiveness.
0: Yeah, and it's a we'll go-down list, and a lot of great point-getters, you know, as we stated, Chucky Peck obviously leading the way so far, 30 points. Brennan Pepe right behind him, Slevin, Mancini. As you said, some of the younger guys as well, stepping up as well. You know, Jesse Edwards, uh, 10 points already in 20 games played so far. You know, Sean Kendrick, he only had 15 games and uh, entering this weekend. has still eight points, and a not a bad job from him. But, you know, that offense, and really – people being able to create offense and shot opportunities has been a huge part of their success because transitioning now, previewing the upcoming Liberty games, looking at how they failed last time these two teams played, they were outshot in both games. And in that game that they ended up losing in the shootout, they were outshot 44 to 24.
1: Yeah, and that, I mean that's not a comfortable situation for a, a run-and-gun team like Stony Brook. I mean, they don't want to be outshot at all. I mean, they want to keep putting the pressure on. And they're not they're – not, not to say they're uncomfortable or unfamiliar. I believe they got outshot by uh, – a shot or two in the, uh, in the second Ohio game. And they've gotten yeah, outshot right. here and there. They certainly got outshot in Adrian, but they kept it close, and they managed to use their man advantage to get over the hump in Adrian – so, so, yeah, uh, generating offense is going to be crucial for them. They're going to need to hound pucks. They're going to need to take care of the puck, too. I mean, you can't waste possession against a team like Liberty. I, what that's, that was what was so special about that weekend in Adrian. It felt like when the Stony, when they had the puck, they were making the most of it. And they didn't always have it a ton. But, but it's not always about how much you have it. It's about what you do with it. You can have the puck a ton, and you can float a bunch of shots from the point, and nothing's going to change. But if you're like the Stony Brook Siebels, you give an inch, they gotta take a mile. And that's what's gonna be the the huge key over the weekend in Liberty. If they can do that, it, Liberty's not a team that gives you a lot of opportunities. So they're gonna need to strike quickly. They're gonna need to strike when the iron's hot and and they're gonna need to take what's in front of them. If they're given an inch of ice, they gotta take it. And they gotta be willing to fight for more. And for that, I look to guys like, Scott Lawson, who scored his first goal of the season against Adrian. And that was like a a coming out party weekend for a guy like Scott Lawson. He slotted in due to due to some injuries on the team. And he hasn't looked back since he's been in the lineup. He scored a few key goals since then. He mixes it up. I I love the way he plays. He's another guy that adds that size and and frustration element to the team. He's willing to throw the body around. He's he's dropping guys at least a couple times every game. I, I love that kind of player so I look to a guy like him I look to a guy like Minerva I look to a guy like Pomiak so I, I think they're and of course they you know Brendan Pepe needs to lead the way you know as the captain of this team and, and he's done that all season long so those are the key guys for this weekend against Liberty and yeah. I, I'm really excited to see how it goes I'm, I'm hoping for one but I think they can do two.
0: yeah and I was gonna see that a bit later but before we get to that that's something we haven't touched yet it's going to be the goalie battle and before we get to the head-to-head obviously let's just start first Matt Vay Kazakov the projected starter likely for both contests this weekend for Stony Brook 17 games played so far he's 11-4-1 35 goals allowed 506 saves for a safe percentage of 935 that is second best in the ACHG among players who've goaltenders who've had at least 15 games played Against well, first before we get to that, is just talk about how incredible he has been this season.
1: <laughs> it's it's special feeling to know that no matter what happens in a game, your goaltender can keep you in it. And I think we can, you know, watching those games in Adrian, we can say that Stony Brook might not have outplayed Adrian, but every single time that Adrian got a break, Matvei Kazakov was there. And that's when I realized that, that, like I said, that weekend was when I realized the Stony Brook team could go very far. He is, he's a spectacle to watch. There's really no other way to put it. I've had the pleasure of watching every game he's played this season. And he plays a ton of games. I mean, Stony Brook's only played 20 games. Kazakal has seen, I mean, 85% of that. It, it is ridiculous the way he plays, the way he plays back-to-backs without breaking a sweat, the way he tracks the plays. His lateral movement is unreal. Uh, I mean, the the only a lot of goals that beat him are just fluky bounces or tap or backdoor tap It's really tough to beat him head-on. He stops breakaways, and I mean, Pierre Maguire said this about Ilya Sorokin: his mind works like a super supercomputer. And yeah. I see so much of Ilya Sorokin and Mafei Kazakov with the flexibility, with the with the, excuse me, with the flashiness. Yeah, he's just just the way he processes the game is special and. Yeah, Like I said, you have a goaltender that at any moment gives you the chance to win a hockey game, and that's a special feeling. And that's key for any team that wants to go deep into a playoff push. You have to have good goaltending. Good goaltending is always what separates teams in the playoffs. I mean, you look at a team like the Montreal Canadiens that made the Stanley Cup last year. They're not a great team on paper. What do they have that separates them? Carey Price, Andre Vasilevsky, back-to-back Stanley Cup champion. He's the best goaltender in the world right now. Yeah. Islanders yes. have the best goalie tandem in the league last year. Elias Soroku, Semi and Varlama, they make it to the finals two years in a row. It, it's 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 simple.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up in comparison. I've compared him to Shisturkin of the Rangers. Matt, our uh, you know, co-worker, colleague, you know, call them Games alongside you. He's actually gone as far as to say that that uh, Kazakov reminds him a lot of a young Marty Brodor. And that's very high praise when you're talking about one of the greatest goaltenders of all time and a, a goaltender who you see similarities in the sense that they know how to make some ridiculous saves.
1: Uh, yeah, there. I mean, it's all over the Stony Brook Twitter feed. So check it out if you can. He made a ridiculous behind the back save in Ohio. It was deflection out in front and it was chipped behind him, and he, he reached behind him and snagged out a meter. I've seen Andre Vazilevsky do that, yeah. I, I think, against the Anse Kopitar. Yeah. So uh, he's, he's he's pulling off the NHL-style moves for sure. I believe Matt also compared to Marc-Andre Fleury at one point. That's true. And yep. in, in terms of the unorthodox style, he's very flashy. He's very uh, uh, jumpy. He comes out far, but he, he's just he's a technician in that net. And like I said, he tracks the puck extraordinarily well. And he's able to, despite not being the biggest guy, you know, take away so much. of that. He doesn't look like a, a huge goaltender. And he's really not a huge goaltender. He's six foot, which is by all means not, you know, big as far as goaltender standards go. But when you're that fast and when you're that smart with the decisions you make, well, you're always going to be in a good spot. And and position is crucial for goaltending. If you're, you know, an inch off, goaltenders will say, you know, they might their position might completely change based on the rink they play in. So it's, it's very difficult to, you know, manage your angles as a goaltender. And that's something that he always does. I always, when I think of Mave Caso, I think about that weekend in Adrian and how unreal he was and how he led the Seawolves to, no doubt, their two biggest wins of the season so far. And... You know, we mentioned those other guys as being key pieces, and I made the mistake of not mentioning Matvei Kazakov because he is probably going to be the difference maker this weekend versus Liberty. Yeah.
0: Held Adrian to two goals apiece during that weekend. And you know, in the event, maybe he can't make it, Some of it could turn to Thomas Sullivan, who had a great I thought coming out game of uh, just very recently in the past week.
1: Yeah, Sully, Sully was awesome. He's um he's a guy that's really beloved in that locker room. He um they call him the slender tender. <laughs> and uh yeah he, he's awesome he, he went three for three in the shootout made some really incredible saves what well, he was in the splits for one of them he got the stick shaft for another he was tested quite a bit in that Ohio weekend I think he let in one or two that he might have wanted back including the first one but nonetheless you know he's all, all things considered he's the backup goaltender for this team and he he's played like a starter in every single chance he's gotten I've loved the way he's played and it's good to know that God forbid anything happens, he can be a guy that's leaned on to. But I believe we're probably gonna see Kazi for, for both games this weekend. And and he's gonna be relied on a ton. And, and it's gonna be very be a big
0: that wins. Yeah, it is gonna real be real big too, because you look at the best goaltenders in the ACHA, and Kazakov for sure is up there. And really, to me, the only other person who I think really is able to compete for that top spot or at least amongst, you know, the top spots is going to be the guy on the opposite side of the ice in Hunter Veristek. You know, we were talking about guys uh, Kazakov, his save percentage was second best in the ACHA. Well, of course, uh it's the Liberty goaltender Veristek, who's number one, minimum 15 games played with a 937 save percentage. And he has had a pretty good season as well. 11 victories, only three losses, 27 goals given up and 401 saves. And he was, A lot for Stonerbrook to handle that first time around, ultimately coming away with two victories against the Seawolves.
1: is a great goalie, and uh, they're they're definitely going to – the challenge is there. I mean, Liberty, you're going to have a tough time finding a single hole in that lineup. They have a ton of point-producing defensemen. They have a ton of defensive-minded forwards, and they have a ton of size and a ton of skill, and there aren't any flaws in that lineup, and that extends to the goaltender Verostick has been – Excellent. He's got one shutout on the year, and he has been lights out. You watch the way he plays. He's a bit more of a controlled kind of goaltender than Monte Kazakov. Mavet Kazakov much more into the movement and the quick side by side Verostick. More of a of what you would call a technician. It's like the Shostergin versus Sorokin comparison. Yeah. So it, it's somewhat of that kind of matchup. And Verostick's going to be is tough to beat. He, he's got his angles down perfectly, much like much like Kazi. And so, yeah, a goaltending matchup is going to be a, a huge part of this. It's hard to look at both these teams, you know, right. uh, top to bottom and not find a matchup. I mean, it's it's the, right. the two captain defensemen, Colin Baird versus uh, Brendan Pepe. Uh, you know, it's the great young guys. I and mean, Liberty has a ton of great young talent. Callen yeah. Dyke is a guy that when I watch the games – uh, over that weekend he was excellent he was very good they have a few other really good young guys like Fultz uh, Cam Ottenbright uh, Jackson versus alono and, and Stony Brook is a little bit more of an older team so it'll be an old guard new guard kind of matchup in that game too you know guys like Peck Slevin you know I hope they can show the young guys how how Stony Brook plays hockey too so yeah there, there are tons of matchups you can look for in this one and I, I really like the defensive captains one as well I mean, I mean, I believe. Let me get the numbers here for Colin Baird. He's got a ton of points this season, and uh, I don't have them on hand, unfortunately. But
0: he's has back he's at been... it right now. Seventeen assists for four goals, twenty-one points through yeah. nineteen games.
1: It, it's it's pretty ridiculous. And I got another defenseman for their team, Shaden Lobb, or eight goals, ten assists. I, I have the numbers now.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: he's another fantastic play. Daniel uh, Daniel Schwanky. 19 games played 19 points a ton of point per game defenseman on this team matt barazowski only played 13 games he's got 12 points there are tons it's just like looking in the mirror for the stony brook team and that's what's so exciting it's it, there there are just two teams that are so even and they played a you know a pretty even second game i would say over that over that weekend stony brook know, I mean, all things considered, Stony Brook had that game. It was a 3-1 lead going into the third period, and Liberty is a team that have, has made a season out of coming back in the third period. As I have you know, several times they've managed to do that. They're a team that just simply doesn't go away, and if Stony Brook finds themselves in a position where they have a lead going into the second or the third, they can't afford to take the foot off the gas. Because Liberty will make them pay, they are a comeback team, and there's just no quitting that in, in, in the Flames at all.
0: Yeah. And we'll wrap it up with this. You put yourself in head coach Chris Garfalo's shoes. What are you telling your Seawolves to really key in on and focus on, prepare for, and watch out for against the flames this weekend? I don't know. I'm a broadcaster. I'm not a, <laughs> I don't know. I am a broadcaster i am I do not know i do not know these things. I I couldn't even tell you. I'm sure.
1: I mean, he's been the coach of this program forever. He's been, he was a player before he was a coach. He, he lives and breathes this program. Um. I'd hopefully, I would you know encourage them and, and make sure they know what they're capable of. and, and to remember what Liberty did to they snap, what did to them back in uh, in October. They, they snapped their, their or November, rather. they snapped their winning streak. they they sent them into, you know, a, a, a lack of confident part of their season. They ended up losing the three games before the break. And I would encourage them to remember that and to remember how things have changed since then and to remind them that they're the same team. That beat Adrian and Adrian. they the same team that swept Ohio and Ohio. They're the same team that bounced back incredibly well after three losses going into the holiday break, and to remind them that they can absolutely hang with this Liberty team and any team in the ACHA. I mean, I would like—I'm eager to see the new rankings that come out uh, this Wednesday. See so if Stony Brook cracks the top ten after sweeping Ohio. It Feels so, like it,
0: yeah. Feels like
1: <laughs> they should. They, they should. They should sneak in there. So uh, they—it could be a battle of two top ten teams come
0: Saturday. Yeah, very likely. Stony number 11 for now. The Flames, number four. Obviously, I will wrap it up with this. good game's going to be broadcasted on WSB 90.1 FM, WSB.FM. Find it on TuneIn as well and other radio platforms. What does it mean for you as a broadcaster, being able to follow the Seawolves team this season, and especially for this game, which coming up is definitely going to be their biggest of the year up to this point?
1: It's, it's so exciting, and I, I've had the pleasure of calling some incredible moments this season. And I've just had such a blast, especially in a a year where my Islanders aren't doing too hot. I can, I can find a lot of joy and excitement in my Stony Brook Steelers. And I've really come to come sort of fall in love with this team and, and, and root for them, like the fans in the stadium. And I've done their social media too. And, and the player profile. So it's been a lot of fun being part of this team and being part of both was and Stony Brook hockey team at the same time. And, Yeah, it means that hopefully I get to call some uh, Stony Brook, another Stony Brook win this weekend. I'm undefeated, so uh, maybe maybe WSB is a good luck charm for this team.
0: That's true. Up to this point, Stony Brook is 4 0 at home on games broadcasted on WSB 90.1 FM. This one, if they could get a win here, even at least split the series, obviously going to send a statement, not just to the Flames, but to the rest of the ACHA as Stony Brook progresses into what's hopefully an ESCHL victory.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, uh, Hopefully beyond that, I would love to see them put together a huge nationals run this year. They they've played second before and I'm sure that everybody, I don't think uh, any player on the current team has won an ESCHL championship. So the bar is set there and hopefully they can go above and beyond.
0: Yeah. Well, you'll have to tune into WSB 90.1 FM to find out what happens this Sunday, January 23rd, starting at 3 30 PM between four Frank flames and number 11 Frank Seawolves. So from Jake Basiles. Ken Furman, thanking you all for tuning in, catching this WSB sports section extra on Stony Brook ice hockey team. Jake's been a pleasure chatting with you and best of luck to the Seawolves as they try to progress throughout the rest of their season.
1: Absolutely, Ken. Let's go, Seawolves.